Hey, welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast. I'm Micah. I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all the things the culture doesn't want to talk about. And that might scare you. Well, it's good to be with you today. This is Micah here on Jesus, Sex, and Politics. Uh, Nathan is still on vacation and uh, sort of he's wrapping up his vacation and it's a snowy day, but we've got some good guests here in the studio to kind of help fill in a little bit. So first, and uh, I want to introduce a mama bear fighter for what is right in the schools, Christy Wagner. That's how you say your last name, right? Okay. Yeah. Christy. Good to, good to have you. Thanks for being here in the I'm studio. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's great. And then we also have Dave Liddy. Dave Liddy, if you go to Life Church at all, you probably know Dave Liddy because he's like me and Nathan, but he has no filter. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've gotten to know Dave over the last few months, and he is he's awesome. He's got an amazing story. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about what's going on kind of with these mom groups that are forming and uh, why you know why is it important to stand up and push back on some of the things that we we hear about in the schools and you're going to hear from the left a lot of times very much this narrative of oh it doesn't really happen that's not really in there like CRT that nobody knows what that is it doesn't exist it's not in the schools and and so I just kind of wanted to get a perspective from both both of you on kind of what you're seeing and what do we do to to be effective and and really we just want to see truth uh, uh, we want to see truth actually just be, win the day. I mean, that's what we ultimately want. Just whatever's true, whatever's right, let that be where our our next generation heads, you know? So, I agree. Yeah, so Christy, tell us about kind of what's going on. Um, There's been, it's been kind of a lonely road, to be honest with you. There, <laughs> um, Once I started learning some of the things that were being taught at, um, am I allowed to say where? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, at yep. HSE where my kids go, um, I was super disappointed. I grew up in Fishers, um, never really, <clears throat> that was never really on the radar of what your skin color was, um, what you, your gender was, any of that. Um, it was really focused on education and that's what we, that was where HSE, that's why so many people move there so quickly. Um, and I, I just, I felt really, really let down and deceived, to be honest. I felt like there was a lot of things that they had already put in place that none of the parents really knew about. Um, and I think they're still trying to do that. And, and I think parent, a lot of parents have woken up. Um, I hate to say sometimes woken up cause woke and awake and all that <laughs> stuff could be very, very tricky. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think. The whole thing is we all want our kids to be good human beings, right? Um, and I think what's happening is that um, HSE is now trying to um, make certain kids that, let's just be honest, that are white um, feel like they are inherently racist or um, have already have that in them um, to where they need to apologize for yep. things that they have never done. Um, and that's where I really started having a problem, um, especially when they were integrating it into the lessons and taking away time from education um, and instilling that. So you saw it within your own kids there at HSC <clears throat> and uh, how many years, like when did that start? Because you, cause you know, I, I remember people like or Fishers and, and Carmel winning awards for being like some of the best places to live in America. And, and a lot of that is because of the schools. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, six, seven, eight years ago when that was happening. Yeah. And then 
And then just all of a sudden, just seemed like this super fast, like the decline or maybe an expose that happened overnight. Maybe that partly that was COVID related because, you know, your parents got a in kind of an inside look at what's going on in the schools when everything went virtual. Um, but, but yeah, when did you see it within your kids and in your, uh, when they started telling me certain things that they were experiencing, that was, um, right about when COVID hit. Okay. Um, and I think to be honest, I think it was almost a blessing that, um, I hate to say COVID happening, but um, being able to be more involved with their learning because they were at home and being aware of what was being taught, um, that a lot of parents were like, "What? What yeah. is going on? What's happening? Yeah. When did this start? When? When? Why? Why are we doing SEL, CRT?" And then um, what really got me mad is when they made me try to feel like I was crazy. Yeah, that it wasn't happening. Like get your they were gaslighting you a little bit. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah, sure, sure, for sure. Yep. And so then you, <clears throat> so then you, but you said no. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be gaslit. I'm going to go and and I'm going to stand up for what I know to be true. And yeah. And so then you kind of went off and you um you've done some pretty cool things. One of the things I when I where I got to know you is you you kind of took it to the Lord first. You started just you know organizing uh uh days of prayer for the school, and we would meet across the street at a church over there and. And we would we would just pray for the school, and that was kind of your heart for that. It was like let's let's fight this first in the in the spiritual, and yeah. just pray God's blessing. And that's really what it was. It was a it was a prayer of God's protection and blessing on teachers, the principal, administration, and and uh, and students. Yeah, yeah. I, and and to go down, kind of. I mean, I grew up in the church, but like I had navigated away from that for a little while, um, and then. But that was really what um, brought me back, um, gave me sanity, gave me faith, um, because I think a, a lot of parents were, were feeling lost, alone. Um, how do we fight this? And, and just overwhelmed in general of like taking on this beast, I mean, to be honest, because it was already in the schools. It wasn't like something that we could like vote on and have an opinion on. And that's what we're trying to fight for right now is that like, they're wanting parents to take a back seat and that we don't know anything and that we shouldn't have a voice in regards to what our children are being taught. And if somebody's going to try to tell me that they're going to have an issue, yeah, you know, and rightfully so. I mean, God always gave the authority to the parents to raise and teach kids first, not the, and the state should, should never usurp the parents ever. I mean, that's uh, the state mm. can certainly come alongside of parents and help parents, but but to say parents have no business being in education, which is what happened in Virginia. I mean, you see Terry McAuliffe, who was running for governor, the Democrat, mm-hmm. on a debate stage. It's the parents do not have a right to uh, have any say in curriculum. Well, that kind of backfired on them, didn't Oh, it? big time. Oh, big time. <laughs> I mean, Virginia now is like completely flipped. They have a red legislature. Their governor, attorney general, lieutenant governor are all Republicans now, which hasn't happened for years yeah. in Virginia. And it's because parents are like, oh, heck no, you don't. You're not going to tell me, state, that I don't have a right in in what goes into my child's head, and so yeah. yeah. So so Dave, I want to bring you into this conversation. You got a pretty interesting backstory. Uh, you know, tell tell a little bit about your backstory and kind of this idea of like what what do you see in your personal experience when it comes to this like uh, this battle of race that just seems to have been heightened in the last few years. Well, I mean, first I want to say uh, to your guest here, um, Christy, she. You know, the issue is that a lot of people forget about uh, history 
and we were talking in the lobby. Um, I'm a huge fan of Thomas Sowell. And what you guys are talking about, for example, Thomas Sowell say, you know what, um, if a kid's, you know, at school and maybe, maybe not doing everything, I mean, whose job is it to get them to bed, get them fed, get them up, wake them up in the mornings, take them to school, uh, all those things. It's the parent's job. So, you know, even to say and take the parents out of the equation is the most idiotic thing that, I mean, it's just hard to believe that you're hearing it. Um, also, again, uh, you know, Thomas Sowell on race. You know, I mean, he's been fighting this fight since the 70s, and the guy's 92 years old, 92-year-old black man. He's black, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. And in, in ac- academic circles, he's very well-known, very f- famous, very uh, uh, very well-respected. Smart. He is by far the world's brightest economist that we have. Oh, yeah, and yeah. one of the foremost philosophers in the United States. Yeah. And what I really like about him, he's very he's agnostic, but he's very data-driven. And he's, he's, he'll, he'll look at the data and find where it leads him, and then whether it's, whether you like it or not, that's where he sits. And when you look at the data, you know, in terms of parents out of the kids' lives, that's dumb. You can't let the teachers raise their kids. Now, that speaks to a, a larger issue, right, with single-parent homes and kind of the decay of the American family, stuff like that. Um, but it, it, then if you leave the job up to the schools to raise the kids, now you're dealing with whatever the philosophy is of that school raising that kid. Um, my then the reason why you, I, I'm bringing up Thomas Sowell is to say that you know, uh, I am a white man married to a black woman, but it's funny. I, I can come forward and say things, right? And at the end of the day, people may not like this color of my skin. But if I mention Thomas Soul, it's all of a sudden the cockroaches scatter because they're like, well, we, we can't really contend with Thomas Soul. The guy's super smart with like over 50 publications and, you know, all this other stuff. Or if my wife walks in the room and says, you know, she, she chose to go to non-affirmative action medical school, you know, for, for a reason. You know, she's like, I want to go on merit. Um, that's the bottom line. Other, there are other people in the black community that disagree with that. They're like, well, affirmative action helped this, that, and the other, except the problem is, and we were, I was talking with Christy in the uh, lobby about this, you know, Thomas Sowell, you can look it up on YouTube. He had an argument with current president Biden because go all the way back to the seventies. He was a Senator. I think he was a Senator back in the 1670s, but this was in 1970s. <laughs> he, uh, before, before America was even formed. Biden yeah, he was, was still, he was already uh, in he politics. Was, <laughs> so, so he's sitting there and they're having an argument over affirmative action. And I mean, anybody that's listening to the podcast can look it up. Uh, just look up, you know, Biden argument with Thomas Sowell. And he's, he's fighting against affirmative action saying it's hurting the black community. Yeah. And then Biden, of course, saying, now, wait a minute, let me get this straight. What you're saying is, yes, that's what I'm saying. And like several times over, he couldn't believe what he was hearing. Yeah. Um, so what I'm saying is, I want to encourage Christy and different people out there. Yeah, it feels, it feels like a very lonely fight, uh, but there are a lot of people out there. Um, that maybe whatever, for whatever reason, you don't hear them. But I will say you, you can look at people like Thomas soul, who is on the black side of it saying this stuff is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you can look up what he feels on CRT. It's all absolutely ridiculous. So the question to me is what's controlling that, right? If you get somebody at Thomas soul's level, and then there was uh, Walter Williams, one of his, his, uh, protégés who just died last year. Also, he's died at 87, but he's also a very conservative black with a lot of the same views. You know, if you have people like this, why don't you hear about that much? Because yeah. when I talk to young black people, they were like, who's Thomas Sowell? I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So it's about an education of like, well, you need to find, it, it's relearning history is yeah. what I'm saying. So she, Christie's not fighting anything new that Thomas Sullivan, he'll say, I was fighting this back in the seventies and the sixties, you know, well, and you see what's going on right now with just with the Supreme court nomination too, like uh, that. Mm-hmm. It's all about being a black woman. There have mm-hmm. been, I haven't heard one thing from the Biden administration about being somebody that knows how to interpret the constitution Dude, accurately. I'm going to tell you right now. And I, I, I've been talking with this people because he, 
basically Biden has, he has basically trampled on Article 7 of the Civil Rights Movement Act of 1964 by saying, I'm going to, basically nobody else apply for this job unless you're female and black. Yeah. If I said that as a company uh, yeah. owner in the United you'd, States. You'd be sued. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, it's, it's illegal. <laughs> yep. It's totally illegal. I, I heard that argument the other day. It was like, you can't in the government discriminate against race, sex, and here we have, that's, that is exactly what they're doing for the Supreme Court justice pick. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show you that the government doesn't abide by its own rules. Oh, but no. but <laughs> everybody knows that. I mean, that's like the, that's yeah. the, you know, we're not here to, you know, preach to the choir because the whole world knows that to be true. But um, so, so we got this fight going on in schools and I, I, I hear, I was down at the legislature. There's a couple good bills that would expose CRT and root it out of the out of the schools, uh, Senate Bill 167, that our weak-spined uh, GOP Senate caucus, they 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 killed that because they were getting some fire from the left, uh, and they just they they were they buckled under pressure. But the House had a bill, and they brought their bill up, and and now it's over in the Senate. But there's rumors that the Senate's going to kill that as Is well. That 1134. Uh, that's 1134, right? HB 1134 in Indiana. And, um, and so the, here's the argument that the left makes. They, they say, whoa, this isn't in there. There's, there, there's, we don't teach CRT. There's no, there's no critical race theory curriculum. So what would you say, you know, Christy, to, like, to that argument, like when they say prove it and you can't because it's not really there. And then you go to your teachers and the teachers say, we don't teach it. And then you go to the administrators and they say, we don't teach it. So what, how do you find that? How do you, like, what have you seen uh, in, your, in your world? Um, well, I don't know if you've heard of the famous survey that they sent out to children without letting the parents know. Yeah, at HSC. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But explain, yeah, explain that. So basically they were asking my children, um, if they, what color their friends were. Um. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is, wow. this is woke suburbia in Indianapolis. You live in Indianapolis. So yeah. you guys aren't, you what aren't. did you do? Like when they brought that to you? <laughs> I mean, I, my, they, I mean, I had no idea. My, I mean, honestly, I don't think my 13 year old, <laughs> he literally went down and answered the same question. I was like, that's the opposite of what you want to do. You just don't answer the questions. But he was trying to stand up and just saying, this is ridiculous, whatever. My 16 year old, <clears throat> He, I believe he opted out, um, and at, actually last year, he would sit during that time period for CRT. I don't care what they So he could opt it. out? Or, uh, wait, wait. They didn't give a choice, but he said, I'm out? He sat in the cafeteria. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that's crazy. So wow. he literally, like, and then you're ostracized, and you feel ostracized as a student. Oh, yeah. And right now, the biggest thing, like, all these administrators are saying, we want every student to be welcomed and validated. Well, yeah, unless you're a conservative, and then they'll ostracize you all day long mm-hmm. and tell you that you're wrong and go sit in the cafeteria if you don't want to be a part of this. Well, we saw what, I mean, there were, um, I think it's, I want to pronounce it correctly, um, Nikita. Yep. Okay. Um, she had, she is over the entire equity did she's dei officer yeah yeah so of what hs hsc yeah and so yeah. she had a lot of books and references on there about whiteness white, white privilege and yeah white, yeah. yeah white so fragility we Gosh. were able to get that <clears throat> taken down so and, and and maybe what i what i've seen when i because i've i've jumped into all the schools around here and been you know looking for you know things like when people said crt's in the schools i was like well i want to go see if i can find it 
Well, you don't, there is no curriculum. There is no like. That's what they tell you because yeah. I've called before. Right, right. And they'll say, we don't teach that here. It, it, but you have to understand CRT is not a curriculum. It's an ideology. Mm. It's like, it's like, a, you know, Marxism. You, you're not going to, you're not going to find a teacher who actually is dumb enough to teach a class on Marxism or to sub, have a supportive class on Marxism. You'll, you'll learn about Marxism, but from a historical perspective, but to say, you know, this is the pro Marxism class, like no teacher schools dumb enough in central Indiana, maybe out in New York and California, they would do this, but in Indiana, at least yet they, they wouldn't do that. What we have to be on, on the lookout for parents is it's an ideology. Mm-hmm. It's this idea of planting seeds in the hearts and minds of the next generation that somehow everything is race driven it where your status in life is all because of your race your lack of things in life is all because of your race the the maybe you maybe you're wealthy but that's because of your your race it's an oppressed versus an oppressor mentality and that's that is an ideology that's very hard to root out because it could literally just be a teacher in the cafeteria saying Hey kids, I believe that white privilege is is certainly an, an issue that needs to be overcome in America. And and as a white parent, I would say I would never want my kid to hear a teacher say that anywhere. He could be in the cafeteria, it could be in the classroom, it could be on the sports field. Don't don't be putting that stuff in my kid's head. Mm-hmm. And and so that's why it's hard to root out. But then, like these DEI officers, they're kind of overplaying their hands. Now they're coming in and there are books, there are things that the that the DEI officers are now saying, hey, we want every student to read this or we want every staff member to read this, mm-hmm. right? Why would they want the mm-hmm. staff members to read it? Oh, so white th- fragility, I believe yeah. that they were having them read Absolutely. over the summer. Yep. Why is that? Because they know it's an ideology. It's not a class. And if they can get the staff... To buy in it. the ideology, then it will just trickle out of them very subtly, but also very effectively, mm-hmm. and it will plant the seed in the heart of the students. It's the same thing as like, how do we win people for the Lord? Right? We don't have classes. They don't go. We don't go to Walmart and say, "Hey, come take this class <laughs> on who Jesus is." No, it trickles out of us. We talk about Jesus in informal settings. We we let people know what we believe in informal settings, right? Mm-hmm. We they see Jesus in us. Well, it's the same thing. The devil does the same thing on the other side. He knows he's how working hard. He's right working now. very hard. And so and so, mm-hmm. parents, you got to be really careful and aware of that. And so you know, Dave, I love I love your wife's story because she has a phenomenal background. Honestly, dude, I've not met her personally, but like she's way out of your league. I can like <laughs> I can see that like from from the moment I started learning about about her, I'm like, how did this little scrawny white boy get mm. like this awesome? You know, I won the lottery. <laughs> so yeah, but you you brought her up earlier. So like t- yeah, tell us your story and what she's. Well, I'll, I yeah. will share a story about books. It's it's interesting. I I won't mention the hospital system that she just left after 20 years. But one of the things that she dealt with was they were reading. They were it was required reading of the leadership staff at this hospital system, and it was Abram Kendi's How to Be Anti Racist. Oh my god! Right. So they all read, which it. in itself is a very racist. Oh, book. it's <laughs> terrible. And it, you know this guy. I'm just gonna say it. He's an idiot, Yeah, you know? And so what happened was she, they're required to read it. And in this group of, of leadership, doctors, uh, staff or whatever, um, I think, you know, I think there was two other blacks with my wife um, and then one Latina. Um, and they were at, it's like, what's your opinion of the book? And everybody's, everybody, it's, it's an echo room. Oh, it's great. And you know, the white people are like, yeah, I found out more about myself and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and my, my wife is just sitting there being quiet. And she felt like, God really kind of unctioned her to say something at some point. She's like, man, because I was telling Christy in the lobby, I was like, my wife, 
No, she doesn't like to public speak. She doesn't like to be out and like, and so she was really fighting it, but it was such a strong feeling. She finally felt like she said she had to say something. So she goes, okay, I'm going to just have to say it. I read the book and the premise is absolutely terrible. My black mother who raised me and my black family all said growing up, you can be whatever you want to be if you work hard for it. And that's it. So the premise of the book was totally off. And she goes, I disagree with it. Now here's, here's what's interesting. Um, I won't say names, but in leadership, this individual goes, Oh, well, thank you, Terry, for your input. We really appreciate it. And we'll take it, you know, we'll take it in. Wait, and this person, was, was, it was a white, white person. person. Yes. <laughs> Talk about the most condescending, <laughs> racist, whatever. I couldn't believe it. Like you know, she lived there. Right. Oh, and so my wife's like, whatever, you know, this, it was dumb. I, I read it because you made, you made me read it. So <laughs> I, I got a bunch of stories about that with my wife. And I'll tell you, um, you know, we've been married now for 20 years. But when we, when we met back in, man, 1998, um, there were a lot of things that I needed to get out because of the world we live in. Like, okay, are you, are, are you, are you racist? Like, do you hate white people? Cause if you do, this is not, I mean, marriage is hard enough. Right. And, and I, I tell people all the time, I've been married for 20 years. It's been the best 15 years of my life. And everybody stops like, wait a minute. That's funny. I wait, see what you said there. That's hilarious. And um, it's just hard work. Right. So the last thing I want to do is throw some stupid racial thing on it. Right. So we got all this stuff out of the way. Right. When we were dating, um, and since then, there's just a, a lot of amazing stories. Uh, uh, she's a woman of serious character and integrity. Um, she, she like ran an AIDS orphan uh, clinic over in uh, yeah, yeah. South Africa. We got yeah. a, uh, she, she got her MPH. She was an MD. She was a, cl- a clinic director here in, in uh, Indianapolis. And then um, she'd always had a dream to go over in Africa and kind of serve. And I'd already been there. Um, and so, you know, doing a couple of trips, some things, starting an orphanage. So, um, she felt safe. Starting an orphanage. Yeah, yeah right. I know. <laughs> like like seriously. Nonchalantly. No kidding. In there. No uh, kidding. It's amazing. Yeah, well, I, I should plug the website if I can remember it right now. Um, dang, I, I, I have to think of the, the plug the website and I can tell you where to where to donate. But it's in Maputo, Mozambique. And anyway, uh, we go we went over, we ended up getting her uh, employed through Baylor, Baylor University's College of Medicine. Um, so they trained her in uh, tropical medicine and infectious disease and all that. She already had her master of public health. So we went over into Swaziland and Swaziland has the highest incidence per capita of HIV. And AIDS. So she was an AIDS, HIV, AIDS, uh, tuberculosis, uh, pediatric doctor. And she'd see things like, um, uh, leprosy, uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, so she, amazing stuff. But she probably never saw COVID though. No, I, no, mean, COVID, I mean, that yeah. would have been scary if, I mean, AIDS Dude. and leprosy, no problem. COVID, uh, freak out. Freak uh, you out. should Google the 10 <laughs> things in Africa that can kill you on a daily basis. And COVID's not really, he's in that not, top not there. What? No. no. It doesn't rank very high. No. no. <laughs> So anyway, she, she, she's an amazing woman. And, uh, yeah, I mean, eventually you'll get to meet her. Um, That's and I I'm gonna, shouldn't I'm gonna, let you guys talk. I'm going to ask her like, what were you thinking? <laughs> so many people have asked her that same <laughs> it's question. Like, it's like, is, is that all? I mean, literally you could, you could have got anybody you wanted. Yeah. It's a yeah, minute. It's a ministry. It's, it's a ministry. It's true. <laughs> God told me to. So I stepped down. I took uh, a loss. Took it's a like hit. Hosea and Gomer, but flip like, you know, she's, she's the righteous one and you're, you're Gomer. I'm the, so. I'll take that. I'll take that mantle. I'm the loser. You know, absolutely. Uh, that's and, you know, I, again, I'm sharing this stuff cause I'm, you know, talking to Christy and hearing her talk, we're in the lobby. She feels, you know, she feels like it's a lonely fight, right? But there are a lot of people. So if I mention my wife, she is not going to step up in front of the steps in downtown Indianapolis, right? She's not going to be that person. Mm-hmm. So you may never know she exists until Christy and I actually met and I'm telling her story. So there are a lot of people out there yeah. um, of all kinds of colors, you know, and that's why I keep throwing Thomas Sowell out there. You know, I mean, this dude's been fighting this fight 
since the 70s. Yeah. There are people out there. But it's the wrong narrative, so you don't hear about them, right? So that's oh, why, yeah. you know, honestly, if your wife would have been in that boardroom and said, it's the greatest book ever, she probably would have been given a podcast platform mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. the hospital. Say, hey, great, would you please go out and, like, sh say all this? But mm -hmm. because she disagreed with the popular woke narrative, they said, hey, just keep your mouth shut and stay over in the corner. So I, I'll tell you one more story. Yeah. I'm not trying – look, we're trying to talk okay. to Christy about her, uh, you know, her fight. And, again, I just want to encourage – there's people out there, yeah, right, yeah. To, to encourage Christy and, and help her in kind of her venture going forth and dealing with these issues with the schools. Um, I will tell you that Terry was invited to talk to a PhD from, uh, okay, what's the school system here in Indiana, the university system? Um, they got uh, campuses. IU, IUPUI? No, the other, uh, Ivy Tech. Oh, Ivy Tech. Yeah. Ivy Tech. So there was this, uh, as a black lady, PhD from Ivy Tech, um, and she wanted to have Terry and have a, have a like a, a, a Zoom meeting um, and it was about COVID and racism is what it came down to. And she, it's still out on YouTube. I don't think it has very many views, but I mean, you can look it up and she basically, she, you can see this lady kind of trying to goad my wife into saying, well, you know, COVID is, you know, a, a disease that comes after our people and we don't have the ability to, you know, like eat healthy and go to, you know, we, we call it food deserts or whatever. And my wife simply, you know, she would say, well, the last time I checked, it's free to walk outside and get exercise and to get vitamin D from the sun or maybe instead of stopping, stopping at McDonald's, you could choose to walk down the street a little further to someplace. So as she's saying this, you can see this other lady kind of like, oh, man, she's not going my way. Yeah. She's not going my way. Mm -hmm. Let me see if I can divert. My wife kept coming back. No, the last time I checked, you know, you can work on being healthy, you know. So there's that narrative out there, right? Absolutely. Let's just call it how it is. Some black person gets on uh, somewhere and says, well, you know, these food deserts killing us. Well, the minute another black person who works in that food desert community, right, right in the inner city clinic, right, she's saying, well, you know, the, you as a patient, you could choose to exercise a little bit more because from the beginning, uh, my wife's always been like, your immune system is your first fight against COVID or anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. How do you keep yeah. your immune system strong? Get a little exercise, get some sun, you know, choo choose not to eat at McDonald's three times a day yep. kind of thing. And what's interesting in that interview, and by the way, she was never asked to come back for another one. <laughs> Shocking. Right. Shocking. Um, and listen, at the end of the day, you're right. My wife's got this amazing resume and people, if, her, if she doesn't follow their narrative, she's like, they're like, well, we won't come to her. We'll go to yeah. somebody else that yeah. is our narrative. Yeah. It's so sad, and it's so racist. I mean, it like, is. it's yep. like I'm just thinking the opposite myself, of I, what they're like, preaching. Yeah, it's it is. I I said this earlier today in a post. Uh, yeah, and it's it's the art of projection. I mean, that's what I find. Like the you've got this narrative out there, and, and you like you take take Planned Parenthood for instance. Planned Parenthood was started by a lady named Margaret Sanger back mm. in the early 1900s. The whole reason she started these abortion clinics. Uh, eugenics. Called, was eugenics. She wanted to eradicate mm -hmm. the inner city black population. She well, hated black guess people. Guess where they're located. And they're all in the inner city, right? Yeah. And up until I think a couple years ago, I think it was just in the near the recent future or recent past, the Planned Parenthood would give out an annual Margaret Sanger award for their top uh, performer performers, Man. right? And so and and. And it was like black people giving the award out. And I remember seeing this on stage. Like there'd be black people in the audience, black people on giving the award out. I'm thinking to myself, guys, you have been so deceived. Like how can you be so blind? 
And then they want to sit here and say, like, there's like a Moms for Liberty group that's forming in Carmel right now uh, that just wants parental transparency in schools. And they're calling them racist and bigots and and all this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, you guys are really good at the art of projection, right? Mm -hmm. Really good at the art. Because I think think they're guilty. I honestly think they feel guilty. And they're like, this is who I really am. I am a racist deep down. But I'm going to make the other side look more racist so I don't feel as bad about who I am. Mm. It's the only thing that makes any sense. Because they can't be that ignorant and naive like maybe they can be but i'm just i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt i'm like you guys aren't that dumb there's no way you can be that dumb and so there's something more driving this and i do think it's an it's a it's a guilt and i think if i think why you see hsc which is the the school system that christy is from and and her kids are from why you see that is such a prevalent crt and pushing this woke ideology is so prevalent is because i think there's a guilt from from people who live in the 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 upper class suburbia mm-hmm. that they look at yeah. what's happening in the inner cities they look at what's happening in Chicago or all these these other places and there's poverty and yes primarily the poverty you see you see people you see minorities right I think they feel guilty for living in in wealth and privilege right like and mm-hmm. I, I'll say that it is you are privileged God am, gives yeah, God I'm gives you lucky. certain privileges yeah. right yeah. but then they feel guilty you don't God doesn't give you something just for you to say. Oh, like feel guilty and look what you have over somebody else. No, he says, to whom much is given, much is required. Mm, yeah. I'm giving you something. Now go do something with it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I think what they do is they say, I've got all this stuff. I feel guilty. I don't really want to go do something with it because that's hard work. So I'm just going to make everybody else feel really bad about the situation that that we're all in. That way I feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? Mm. Yeah. And I think that's what's yeah. really driving all of this stuff cuz most of the CRT battle is in these really nice upper class suburban areas and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, geez, like you guys wouldn't know oppression if it, yeah. you know, if it bitchy <laughs> no. on the butt. I yeah. I mean, that's a, but at least call a spade a spade. If you don't, you don't, but don't sit here and and I, this narrative just it drives me crazy. Why would anybody want to feel guilty for who they are? Yeah. Yep. Point blank for yep. for where you were born, how you were raised, what family you were born into. Um, so if you feel that guilty, go donate your time. Yeah, like mm. I'm guilty of that right now because I I I wish I would donate more of my time. Um, but then I do remind myself I have four boys yeah. that that's my job right now. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's your job. Yeah. <laughs> that's like two full time that, jobs. That's your yeah. that's your primary. <laughs> you're raising kids for the next generation that's what's, primary what's, hey what's your podcast gonna be called when you uh, start raising lions raising lions um, i love it i yeah. love it that led right into that yeah that i, I think that's amazing i and yeah. and, and kind of to your point christy like be grateful for living in the United States. You know, Amen. even the most pover- the most impoverished in the United States are still some of the wealthiest mm. people in the world. Mm. We have so many blessings. Dave, can you tell the story? I don't I, about that uh, young lady you were telling me the other day that came oh. over from MIT <laughs> and uh, when you were in the orphanage and. I, that is such a beautiful picture of the spoiled brat generation that we have in the United States, and I think people need to hear it because it is. It's when you go into other parts of the world, you realize how awesome mm-hmm. we have it here in the United States, and mm-hmm. how grateful we should be for the for the stars and the stripes. Yeah, how we should fight for it. Yes, absolutely. Amen. Uh, number one, I want the plug for Nathan is you're a booty chicken because you didn't make it, Nathan. That's weak. <laughs> number two, there was snow on the ground. Okay, oh, yeah. and he just got back from vacation and it melted, and now he's yeah, it's, it's watery now. Um, secondly, uh, we're auditioning you actually to take Nathan's <laughs> place. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. 
Nathan, thank you. I hope I hope you're paid well because no, every so. he does. Every pastor at Life Church, if they found out that Nathan was giving up his spot for Dave Liddy to come in, oh, you, they would be you like, quit. "No, <laughs> no, please." Yeah. Tell, oh Mike Tell Mike Melito. Tell Mike Melito what's going on. Our Eagle Creek pre-camp So the pastor. actually the other plug is that I I remember now this this orphanage is Project Liberty International. So Project Liberty Intl.org. For those that you think I'm lying, you can look it up. It's true. It's real. And whatever. <laughs> um, so the story is my wife's working at this clinic in. Uh, and we're in Swaziland. We're living in a, uh, uh, man, that's, uh, what's the name of the town? Mm, um, you were, you didn't really go. I don't yeah, I wasn't that. Man, I, I'm thinking, now I can't think of in Zulu. Uh, Joesburg. Je, jo, no, it wasn't Joburg. It wasn't Johannesburg. We're in Swaziland. Uh, Maban. It's Maban. Uh, it's Maban. Where, where we're living in Swaziland. And there's, there's Bailey Clinic. Can you clinic. speak Zulu? Uh, Yebo. Um, you know, I've forgotten so much. <laughs> Um, what God. in the world is happening? Nope. So uh, <laughs> we're awesome. at this clinic, and what happens is at Baylor, they bring these people in internationally, Canada, Spain, whatever, and Terry's working with international doctors. They also bring in people that are interns or whatever. You get these people coming from Harvard, Yale, and whatever, you know, trying to save the world in two weeks. And so there's a lot of turnover, people come through. And I'd come up through the, uh, I'd come up to have lunch with my wife. Because you didn't like work at the clinic. No, no. They didn't let you no, do no, no. anything, I, did you, they? I was, I was the guy that the, doc, I kid you not, doctors would say, hey man, Dave, the, uh, uh, the alarm went off at my house. Can you go take care of that? Oh, no. uh, you were the fixer. I was the fixer. <laughs> I love I it. The, the white African version of the equalizer. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and I, you know, my wife knows I thrive in chaos. I absolutely enjoyed it. Um, I, there's so many stories there, but I didn't end up coming. I take Terry to the clinic cause we only had one vehicle drop her off, you know, goof around with the staff. And it, it was a really cool clinic. They pray in the morning, sing, sing some gospel stuff in the mornings and have this thing. And I might come back for lunch, but anyway, I'm, I'm running into these people, right? Uh, Americans, internationals, whatever. Well, there's this one particular girl, uh, very kind of, uh, kind of uh very outgoing outspoken i go up and i talk to everybody i'm like hey where are you from she's like oh, i'm from the states I'm like okay what are you here doing i'm i'm doing an internship i graduated harvard and you know i was at mat doing something so now i'm doing this internship thing here I'm like what and i don't know if it's statistics analysis on hiv whatever whatever but she's like yeah i'm here doing this thing so one thing led to another we're having a conversation about the culture and for those that you don't know in swaziland king king Maswati the third has 15 wives and that should tell you that women don't have as many rights as you do here in the States. Um, so we're talking and she's talking about how she wants to change the world. And, you know, and she's uh, very pro uh, pro feminism, all this stuff. And I'm like, I said to her point blank, you do realize the King has 15 wives, right? I mean, you do realize where you are. And she's like, Oh yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I'm like, okay, just making sure. Cause the way she's talking about, you know, she's, she's, she's bringing not just an American value, but just very pro she's feminist she's a feminist very feminist yeah. values and and i'm like you yeah. got to realize where you like, are hear me yeah, no i am woman i am woman henry roar, henry roar, roar yeah. yeah so anyway i warned her whatever. we had some discussions disagreements and i said whatever you know go your way go mine so um i don't know next few days i'm still hanging out and all of a sudden she disappears you know i know that this girl's gonna be here for a couple of weeks and i haven't seen her because they they try to keep the americans in a certain area and you know and they say here's what time to do whatever and here's how to stay safe in the mornings usually i run into the, them in this this area where everybody's sitting around and i'm like where's where's what's her name so as soon as i start asking the question the staff they're kind of hanging their heads down like i look them in the eye like hey where's so and so and they look down so all of a sudden i already know something's up so one of the one of the ladies in the staff go you you must ask your uh you know ufatewami you know my, your wife go ask your wife i said okay so I go to my, I said, baby, where's so-and-so? Right away, she goes, if I tell you, 
you need to promise that you're not going to do anything. I was like, what? You need to put the baseball bat down. You're not going to do anything to retaliate. I'm like, right away, like, oh, oh, what happened? So then as a husband, I'm struggling. Do I... Do I agree to the sanctions? Do I be my wife? <laughs> yeah. Or? or do I go find on my own? Yeah, I was so that say, I have she the, doesn't have to tell you. You could just investigate. Right. If it. I found out, yeah. then I'd have every right to do That's whatever. Right. I want. Okay. So finally, I, I don't know, something happened. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to get anywhere. I might as well, because all the staff were looking just like they wouldn't tell me. So my wife said, okay, I, you know, pinky promise, all this stuff. I'm like, all right, all right. So what had happened was the day after I met this girl and she gave her a spiel, that day, uh, maybe 100 yards down the, down the hill from the clinic, there's this dirt road. And it's big enough for one car. And then there's a ravine on the other side. And on the inside, there's enough room for somebody, pedestrians to walk in mud or something. Well, if a car's coming, the pedestrian has to step off and walk in the mud. Um, so what happened was she refused to step off the dry walking path and get in the mud. And the car's coming up and it's honking and she won't, get, she won't move. And he's being very persistent. Finally, she flips this local Swazi guy off. Oh. Well, he stops the car. He gets out and he puts his hand around her throat and puts her on her toes and he punches her so hard it breaks her nose. And I think... I think, and I'd have to ask my wife, but I think it broke her, what do you call it, auricular socket, eye socket. I don't know. You're the, um, you're the one married to a doctor. It, it doesn't rub off, dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm still, I remember one word, our, in car, myocardial infarction, because the what? word fart it, it, it is in there. You know what's funny? I, I know one word, and it's called weenus. It's the thing on your elbow. <laughs> oh, right? my God. I, I do remember that. Like that's right. That's elementary right. school right <laughs> So it didn't wear off. That's I don't remember any of this. Stuff. But her weenus was fine. That's her weenus was fine. Okay. That's fine. What's the name of this podcast? Sex. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, sex and politics. Nah, yeah. We're, we're yeah. good. We're good. So, so Nathan's what not here. Oh, he, we're good. The boss isn't around. He can't. He can't stamp us down. So what happened was she she made her. Oh, and by the way, the guy said, "All right, and if you tell anybody, I'm going to find you. I'm going to rape you, and I'm going to kill you." So don't tell wow. anybody what happened. Wow. So she makes her way back up the hill to the clinic. She's crying and, you know, the end of the world. And my wife's calming her down and they're cleaning her up, make sure that nothing else is broken besides her face. And so she's like, we need to call the police. And then, then there's a whole cultural discussion. Okay, we can call the police. Can you tell me what happened? She admitted she flipped the guy off. My wife was like, okay, well, you either lie about what you did or if you tell the truth, they're going to laugh at you, mm. right? Wow. So there was some reality there. Well, anyway, it went around the clinic. Don't tell Dave. Don't tell Dave what happened. Because I'm the guy that I would, because right. I knew the local language and the community, I would, I'd find people. Well, you just stand up for a female. Yeah, and I, I, of course, what she did was totally wrong. But, I, and even though I knew the story, I was like, I'd still, this guy shouldn't have done that. Oh, right? yeah, right. Right. I mean, right. he was totally, I mean, when it comes to just godly morality, right. he was the one that was way off his rock. Now, she should have gotten off right. the road. She was not wise. Right. <laughs> but he yeah. had, he shouldn't have done that. Yeah. But, so, what happened is, we, her and I sit down talking. I, I, I tried to be very nice, but I was like... So, how's that whole feminism thing, hear me roar woman thing working for you in the in a country where the king's got 15 wives? And by the way, Jacob Zuma, at the time, the current president of South Africa, he had three wives and one that was missing or gone or whatever. Oh. So, we're in a very polygamous culture, wow. right? And, uh, and, and oh let's, let's add more to she that. Off was, the ravine? Yeah. Uh, on yeah. the other side of the... She's swimming with the fishes. <laughs> she likes to swim. So... And, and there's more to that because the history there of Jake Azuma, he was on trial for raping one of his nieces that worked for him as an administrative assistant before he get, became elected as president of South Africa. Wow. So you're dealing with a culture here that, you know, women value and whether rape is that big of a deal or not and the, the things that it's we do. not valued. Right. Wow. So, the, you know, I say all this to say when you come back to, man, we're in America, man. You are blessed. Yeah. You know, and of course, when you're outside of America, you're seeing what, you know, people 
you know, how, how cultures are, how people react and what, what you yeah. can and can't get away with. So there's your story of that girl. So, and then I think your wife even told her like, Hey, if the police come and, and the reason they would laugh at you because they would look at it like you flipped him off. Oh he yeah. Had, he had every right. right. He had do, every yeah. right to do what he did, yeah. which we would say in America, like, no, absolutely not. You don't, you never go. Number you one, know. you're, you're a white woman. That's not part of the country. Yeah. Flipping a guy off a local yeah. number yeah. two, you're a woman. Yeah. You know, uh, number three, who do you have with you? I mean, who do you have to stand for you? Cause yeah. a lot of, a lot of times, you know, you see people walking in groups or with their husband or whatever. She was alone. And you said that like, even your wife wasn't able to pay bills over there because right. she was a woman. You would have right. to go pay the bills for her. Now and she's way smarter than you. Yeah. Well, so I was going to say, gentlemen, <laughs> get, get excited about this part. Cause when we were in Africa, I, I hammed this up. I was like, yeah, baby, you may be an MD with your MPH and you'd be educated, blah, blah, but I pay the bills in Africa. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I would rub that in. I'm like, I'm the one that gets us the apartment or the, wherever we're living. I'm the one that's got, you remember that, right? And she's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yes, that's very true. She couldn't, like, there's a lot of times you couldn't go, like, if you had to pay the light bill, right? Yeah. It, it just wasn't socially accepted that a female of the house does that. So, that, I mean, listen, that, you know, things change and there may be a few different things now, but at the time. And this even, was like, what, by, 2010? Yeah, 2008 like, to 2012. Yeah, so not, we it wasn't that that long ago. But but brings us back to HSC and this critical race uh, nonsense. It's all rooted in America's a terrible place. Like, oh, that's yes. what it's all rooted in, right? And I want to be like, guys, America's not perfect. That's why we're seeking to form a more perfect union, mm. like our founders like said so. And But, but America is an amazing an amazing place to live. We are so, so blessed. And you hear a story mm. like that, and it just comes back to this moment in my life. I'm like, Lord, thank you that I that my family gets to live in this amazing nation. Thank mm. you that my wife actually has rights, you know, and mm. that and that she's treated as a real human being. Mm. You know, thank you that I'm not having to worry, is my wife like ticking off one of the men in the community and they're gonna do something like that to her, right? Mm. Like I I'm I am so blessed to live in the United States and every single American needs to have that same mindset. But yet Amen. we hear, we have these teachers in suburbia, rich kid central in Fishers, Indiana. And these teachers are saying it's an oppressive nation. It's a racist nation. It's so terrible. We can't get where we need to go. What you want? Like five cars in your garage instead of four. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, re like really, yeah. you know, it's like I, what I equate it to. It's like the spoiled rich kid who gets a Tesla for his 16th birthday and throws, and, a, fit. And, and throws a fit. Right. Mm -hmm. He's like, I wanted a Ferrari. What did you get me a Tesla for? Right. And you're just mm -hmm. like, are you freaking kidding me? Mm -mm. Like you want to punch that kid in the face. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so anyway, all that to say, so Christy, I love the fact that he brought up the, his, his, his story. Dave yeah. was saying that you're not alone. And yeah. I want to echo that you're not alone. There are yeah. so many, I, I get it on, on social media all the time. People are private messaging me saying, I'm Hey, thank, more and thank more you people, which is, yeah. I mean, important. Yeah. yeah. Well, and look at Virginia, right? If, if you were alone, <laughs> that would not have happened in Virginia no. and just wait what's going to happen in the 2022 midterms. I think you're going to see just school boards flipped. I think oh, you're going to be, I think you're going to sure. see Congress is going to be taken back by the Republicans. And I think it's just going to be the people saying we didn't, we reject this woke nonsense. Mm -hmm. Like let's wake up. Oh, let's yeah. not woke up. Let's wake up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Woke's not I, even a word. And I mean, it's like, come no. on. it's like, no. so, um, and it, it's very, um, when you go to these board meetings, it's just, it's so crazy how dismissive some of the board oh, members yeah. are. Oh, mm, yeah. I mean, there's only one that I really. And is that a, is that a, 
Suzanne, yeah. Suzanne Thomas, yeah. Th- Thompson, Thomas. She's, but th- th- what I like about her too is that it's not like she's on one side or the other, like what you were saying, like just having, she goes based off of facts. Yeah. And she's, Damn. and she you know probably I mean? just as respectful to parents and saying like, Hey, you have a right to voice your opinion here. Yeah. What, what is it with school boards? Like where they're shutting down parental, they, the parental voices and, and what's happening in Noblesville. They're saying, you're not allowed to talk about something unless it's on the agenda. Uh-huh. Same. At and I'm like, uh, if a parent wants to get up and complain how bad the grass is outside the school, they should have every right to do that. Well, we'll be here all night. Well, you didn't have to take this position. It's a job, yeah. It's a job, right? Like it's once a month. And if you if you're here until midnight, yeah, you let every single parent voice their opinion, yeah. good, or bad, just or have ugly. A time limit. If that's what you sure, I mean, and right. then and they do like yeah. yeah. And yep. then just have people be able to say what they want to say yeah. and maybe limit the time that sure. each person has and just do it. Respectfully, but then you have Carmel, who I think even went away from in person. Uh, they did. They actually yeah, just started I think, back, it back up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can't that the audacity of a school board member or a superintendent to say we don't even want parents in the room, oh. and 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 they'll be like, well, there's a guy that brought a gun into the. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, did he do anything with it? Well, it fell out of his fell out of his pants. You know, like. Oh, okay. Like, so you're going to shut it down? Well, it could have hurt somebody. Yeah. 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 yeah, Okay. Right. I I mean, he should know better not to be able to bring it on school property. But but still. (laughs) Yeah. He shouldn't have let it fall out. Well, that's a good point, right? He was good with that gun. It never would have. You know how many guns are at Life Church on Sunday I'm from Wyoming. I've forgotten more than people know about guns. I mean, if if your gun falls out of your belt, you should not even own one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. But anyway, they used it as the excuse, you know? And so like you, someone does something like that and they're like, oh, well, we're going to shut down the right for parents to even be here. And you're like, are you freaking kidding me oh, right now? The last like, time they shut it down at HSC is when we were all read, trying to read out of the inappropriate books. Yes, I remember that. I have yeah. a question about yeah. HSC and board, school boards and stuff. Yeah. So these are your, like... Elected. Well, they're, they're members of your community, right? Correct. So this is, what I'm saying is, this isn't somebody from, like, Australia that no. moved in. This is, like, a neighbor from down the road, somebody you might see... And so it's kind of like they're pushing very, whatever, anti-American sentiments of like, you can't speak here and we don't want you to do this. I mean, what's your commentary on that? Like, these are your people, right? These are people that you know in a community, but they're doing things like you can't speak unless it's on the agenda. Or now we're shutting down all kinds of, you know, meetings because some guy, by the way, it's legal to carry, right? Maybe not on school property. I don't know what the guy was doing, but they're looking for any reason, but it could be your neighbor. Right. These are people that speak English. They grew up in America. You know, I mean, what's the difference in the mindset? I think guilt, brainwashing. I think that. um, So like when somebody brought up to me to to read white fragility, I was like, uh, no, like I don't feel guilty for being white. But what I think is happening is that the people that are on the board are pretending that they do they've gone through these experiences as a black person has and trying to speak on their behalf when do you know what i mean like that's Mm. you don't have that experience and if you want me to be real real like these people wouldn't have a job if they didn't create these issues that don't exist okay i i'm with you there yeah they, they got an answer in search of a problem right yeah so they they create a problem mm -hmm. and try that's why they sent out that survey they wanted it to be, they wanted it to have an issue where, um, you know, kids weren't, they didn't have enough 
people of color that were friends. And I'm sorry, but I mean, we are. What do you do? Import people <laughs> of color? What, uh, thank you. <laughs> Into the playground? <laughs> hey, come on, man. I mean. That's dumb. And, I, and, and so why does, but why does my, my nine-year-old have to say his best friend's black that's two doors down? And then he also has um, another mixed kid who, Winter, who, sorry, I shouldn't say his name. But like, you know, he's. Summer, they're, summer, right? <laughs> they're really good friends. He has, I mean, but why does he need to go and 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 prove that he is? That's infuriating, man. Like, that, yeah, that they that, gave that sent the survey. Oh, out they asked case. about uh, income, I believe. Wow. wow. And, like, it, and you didn't know. I mean, you didn't know as a parent. I had no idea. Wow. So the next time it came around, uh, what was their answer were, to that? Like you said, you didn't even let us know. What was their the board's answer to that? They they never give you an answer. I mean, would you agree with that? Like yeah. it's never it's, it's just it's like, a runaround or they ignore you. That's what I found at least in Noblesville. Like Or you're a the, racist because you're asking you're, why yeah. why why can't your kid fill that out? Or it's not on the agenda tonight, we're not gonna address it. So Oh yeah. Yeah. For it's, sure. It is infuriating. Parent and, and people wonder why parent groups are right are like raised are being raised up in all over around the nation. That, mm-hmm. And it's be it's for that very reason. If school boards would have just taken parents' concerns at least serious, like yeah. it didn't doesn't mean you have to change to everything a parent wants, but just hear them out for crying out loud mm-hmm. and take it seriously. If that would have happened, you would not have you wouldn't see any of these parent groups like Moms for Liberty, Arise America, yeah. Unify Westfield, whatever it might be, you would not see these groups uh, you know, forming. And yet now, you know, now the school boards are so freaked out by the political ramifications, they're getting the Justice Department to label parents as terrorists, as, terrorists, yeah. as domestic terrorists. That's oh, how yeah. scared they are of these upcoming elections. Well, mm-hmm. They have they're going to the <laughs> Justice Department. Please help as us I'm save us. Up my sleeve oh right man, now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, just like I that it just gets me so fired up. Yeah. Christy's punching arrow. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's it, right. And that's why and you're a mama bear. I said that earlier. Yeah. Like I've seen that in you for a long time. And that's the beauty of what's happening in America. Moms mm. and dads are fighting for their kids finally. Well, and if this stuff wouldn't come up, right, people like Christy wouldn't have to rise up and whatever. Maybe that's the good thing. The silver lining is that they are, these groups are forming. Parents are standing yeah. up because they're seeing what's going on. You brought up Mike Melito, our Eagle Creek campus pastor, and uh, he said something early on, like in like mid-2020, uh, late 2020, he said, uh, you know, COVID or 2020 has been the year of the great unmasking. Mm. And, and I thought that was so good because... Uh, it, it's exposed everything. I mean, if you think mm. about it, like God really used COVID to expose everything. Mm-hmm. We see, we see what's going on in the schools now. We actually like even to the point where everyone's ideology has been exposed in yes. Lake Bear, right? Yeah. Why, why is there such this division? Like, oh my gosh, you're you're a Democrat. Oh my gosh, you're a Republican. I hate that. Oh my gosh, like you're a conservative. Oh my gosh, you're a liberal. Well, I think what's happening is the Lord is just exposing everybody's hearts. Yeah, and and like whereas six seven years ago we would have said. Well, I think they're probably a lot like me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I assume they probably mm-hmm. believe somewhat what I believe. You know what I mean? We mm. never talked. To, I mean, growing up, politics were never discussed. Like, it yeah. wasn't like, it was never discussed. And now I think it's just something that um, people do feel like they have to pick a side. And then that, and that does make me sad. You know, I don't know why it can't just be like that you want to do the right thing. I, I, I wish it wasn't that you felt like you had to pee, be a Republican or that you had to leave the Democratic Party or whatever. I just wish that's the, the division that they've created is 
is what I think what they wanted. I'll push back on that just a little bit and say the division they created. I think it's the vision that God created. And, and people say that, uh, oh, man, that's not a godly thing to say. God doesn't create division. Well, absolutely he does. He says in his word in John when his disciples said, have you come to bring peace? He said, no, nope. I'm not come, I've not come to bring peace. I've come, I've come to divide. I've come with a sword to divide father against son, brother against brother. I've come to divide right from wrong. And and so I think a lot of this is God's doing. And, and, and it's a good thing. If God's, right. if God's in it, he is separating the lies from truth because what had happened was the wheat and the chaff were growing together. At some point, that has to be separated. Mm. And I think that's True. what 2020 has done, 2021. And it hurts, to your point, Christy, mm -hmm. when you feel like, oh my gosh, my friends, my quote unquote friends, I have friends that I've lost in this oh, mm -hmm. a big time. Yep. You know, and, but lot. you know what? I've gained, I've gained more friends yeah. than I've ever, than I ever thought possible. And it hurts in one sense because there were people that I poured my life into and that I love dear to this day. I still mm. love them, Correct. but yep. they won't, they, they disown me. They hate me. They, they've mm -hmm. said really mean things and, and untrue things about me. Mm -hmm. And I just have to let them go. I just have to let them go say, Lord, they're yours. Um, you know, get a hold of their hearts, bring them to truth. You talked about, at you some and I point. talked about yeah, that. Yeah, right. Where they reach to certain points. Yes, give they, them over yeah. to Satan. So Paul yeah. says that, you know, he says, uh, give them over to Satan so that on the day of the Lord, they will be saved, right? Mm -hmm. It's not to say, give them over to Satan so they'll be damned to hell forever. Right. He says, so that they'll hit rock bottom, kind of like the prodigal son did. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I bought into this woke nonsense. What have I been doing? Like mm -hmm. when you spend time with Satan for a little bit, <laughs> it's not, not going to, not gonna not be real fun, fun. No. yeah. You know what I mean. Like you're yeah. gonna you're, you're gonna probably recognize pretty quickly you're in a really bad place. My wife made a point once that she would rather be in a like a where she she would rather live in an area where she knows who hates her rather than in an area where yes. everybody's fake in the funk. That's right. You know what I mean. Yeah. So you know where people stand. Totally. So I've got some friends. Uh, you know. Uh, I have a story for you on that one. What, share it. <laughs> so the, the point being is you would rather like, okay, I got some white supremacists that leave, live three, you know, tats everywhere, Nazi flag, but at least you know where they stand. <laughs> That's right. Right. It's they like, see you and hey, they're don't like, go over there, honey. Right. <laughs> they see you and they're like, well, I hate you because you're yeah. black yeah. or yeah. not me. Yeah. Um, and then we're this. Whereas if you go to some communities, everybody's like, a closet evil person they right. got their issues and they're hiding it yeah and my wife she said i'd rather be in a place where i know where people stand yeah so if now in 2021 and 2022 we're seeing kind of the the, the truth come to the top mm -hmm. i guess that could be the good thing That's like great. the guy you thought you knew yeah. the girl you thought you knew 100 percent. yeah you know yep. so maybe it's a good thing yeah. what's your story what's your story <sighs> Well, my neighborhood was not what I thought. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, I was sat down multiple times and told I was a horrible person because of who I voted for after a couple of um, glasses of wine. Um, it's amazing. The yeah. truth serum. The truth serum. And I, the, the famous quote was, oh, you know, I really want to like you. And I'm like, uh, wow. are you kidding me? Wow. Do you really? Like, I have other friends. That's funny. Like, I'm. Don't work so hard right, there, right? friend. Yeah. So, uh, needless to say, like, I wish them well. I don't wish any ill will on them. When but, was that, by the way, when they uh, said that to you? This is about a year ago. Okay, now, go back to them now and say, so what do you think about who I voted for now? Yeah. Because, like, I know, oh. they're probably so oh, they far gone. Oh, yeah. The heels are dug They're going to be like, well, it hasn't been a great year, but, you know, we've accomplished <laughs> some good things. So like, it was next year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Those I mean, polls don't mean Joe anything. Biden. I mean, I'm telling you what, the, the incompetency. Like, mm. I'm not. It's Democrat Republican aside. The incompetency of this administration to mm-hmm. do anything right is astonishingly is it's astonishing. I have never seen and, and going all the way back through American history, I've never seen a presidency that's been this ill-equipped to run the country. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Yep. But well, hey, we don't want to we don't want to, you know, beat a dead horse. I know you've got to leave, Dave. So, we'll uh, thank you for being See here. <laughs> He's got to go pick up his kids. And uh but Bye. we uh we we just wanted to say thank you for taking time to listen today about this divided uh kind of culture that we're 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 living in. And, and what's happening, again, we, we, we've hit on school stuff before in Jesus, Sex, and Politics, but it's important because it's the next generation. And to everyone who's listening, you have a dog in the fight. And I mean that because sometimes what school boards and teachers will tell you and, and administrators, they'll say, hey, if you don't have kids in here, you don't have a right to speak out on it. And, and that's not true because everybody pays tax dollars. So your tax dollars are going to public education. And then the other more important issue is that all of these kids – that are in public schools someday will be leading our nation. Mm-hmm. They'll be they're leading be part of society. They're going to be part of society. Yeah. And Abraham Lincoln said the the philosophy of a classroom in one generation is the philosophy of government in the next. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we just all have to really be vigilant and, and very, very, uh, uh, very aware of where the evil is and no truth. And, and, and here's the thing, God's word is, is true uh, it was true yesterday. It'll be true forever. It's always true. It's always been true. And his word says, the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. And and that's, you want to be free from lies. You want to be free from addiction. You want to be free from bondage. You want America to be free. Go to the truth. And who's the source of that? It is God. Mm-hmm. It always has been. Our founders knew it to be so. And that's why they built our nation on biblical Christian values, Judeo-Christian values. And the truth has created freedom. And like the story Dave was telling earlier, there is no place like America to be living in. I mean, we are so blessed, but let's keep it that way. And freedom's only one generation away from extinction is what Ronald Reagan told us. And, yep. and if we don't fight for it now, we may not see a free nation for our kids and their children's children. That's exactly why I feel like I've been called to um, speak up um, is because of that. And I want my kids to not have to fight this fight. Um, I want to be able to fight it for them. I mean, it's never going to go away. Right, right. But yeah. If we don't stand up for our kids right now, they may not be able to stand up. No, because it's not an option. Yeah, I mean, you can vote your way into communism, but you have to shoot your way out. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's that's really, really important to know and to... Take, take to heart right now. So yeah. thank you, Christy, for what you're doing. Your podcast, which you will be starting, do you know when? In February. In February, yeah. called Raising Lions. So yeah. check it out. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Dave Liddy, thanks for being here. He's not in the room anymore. He had to leave. <laughs> he, had to, he had to go pick up his kids, ironically enough. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but, but an incredible conversation. Awesome to have both of you guys on. Thank you for taking time. And, and we're just going to keep praying for our communities and praying for our schools and and uh and seeing the truth set people free amen so well hey uh we will have uh nathan back on here pretty soon he is he is back i've i've done a couple episodes now without him because he's been on vacation but he is back and uh i think we we got a really cool episode that we're going to be filming next week uh it's going to be with pastor rob mccoy from turning point universe or turning point usa he's charlie kirk's pastor 
So it's going to be awesome. There's going to be some good stuff going on. So this has been Jesus, Sex, and Politics. I'm Micah. Nathan's not here. We talk about all those things that culture doesn't want to talk about. That will scare you. We'll catch you next time.